I'm Oprah Winfrey. Welcome to Super Soul Conversations, the podcast. I believe that one of the most valuable gifts you can give yourself is time. Taking time to be more fully present. Your journey to become more inspired and connected to the deeper world around us starts right now. Twelve years ago, Wayne Dyer, affectionately known as the father of motivation, was drawn to live in Maui, a beautiful, mysterious place known for its big, wide-open, sunny skies and lots of ocean. Well, it's Wayne Dyer's belief that everything in our lives happens for a reason. So as the clouds rolled in, we just decided to roll with it, too. It's perfect the way it is. It's perfect. As is everything. As you would say. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) As you would say. Come have a seat. I love it here. There's something about this. Oh, I came to Maui and just... How many years have you been here? Twelve full time. Yeah, well, it has not been that long for me, but there's something... There's a reason why they call it paradise. Oh, yeah. And it yeah. feels so trite to call it that sometimes, oh, but it really not is. Not for me. That's yeah. a, and I, it they is. They always say, don't you get island fever? And I say, I only get the fever when I have to leave. I just, uh, <laughs> I'm going to the mainland. I get mainland fever. I, I'm now <laughs> a little sick because I have to leave tomorrow. Oh. And I get that. But I'm reading Wishes Fulfilled. <laughs> there you I'm go. trying to manifest something <laughs> different from myself. I'm actually, we can take care of that for you, really. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to manifest. Literally this morning, I, I woke up and I, I was feeling, oh, God, I only have one more day. Mm. And then I said, you can choose another thought. That's right. You can and you can it. choose another day, too. You can choose yeah. another day, <laughs> Absolutely. too. Absolutely. You can do yeah. that, too. I wanted to say, do you remember the first time you were on the show? I remember the first time I met you. Absolutely. It was in Baltimore. Wow. And with that Richard was even Scheer before the show. 1978. Um, but the one thing I always remember about you, because I did the show with you maybe four times up yes, there. Yes, yes, yes. And you used to always touch my leg <laughs> when I would when to get me to stop talking. <laughs> Great show. I had a lot of fun up there doing that show. You've yeah. been doing this a long time. For a long time, you've been trying to raise the level of consciousness for people so that they could literally live more enhanced lives. Do you mm-hmm. feel like sort of one of the fathers of this movement? I have eight children, Oprah, so <laughs> I just don't need to be the father of anything else. I can hardly handle that. Um, you know, the truth of it is, I still feel like a little boy inside. So when I, I'm now being called an elder, mm. uh, which uh, I just, I don't know, I can't. Isn't that odd? I, can't, <laughs> I still think of myself as a little child, and I'm, uh, you know, I go through life like that, just happy and fun and, and acting silly and playing with kids. And for me, I have just had so much growth in my, within myself. And, so much realization now, especially right now. There's a almost like an urgency. I'm 71 now, and it's um, I feel an urgency. I have some very, very important things I think to teach and to learn. How did you grow up? What was your life? Were you raised traditional Christian? Were you raised? How were you raised? I, I was I was raised by a, in a series of foster homes and orphanage uh, until I was 10. Um, my my father walked out on my mother. She had three little boys by the time uh, she was like 22 years old, and I was the youngest. And so we were put into foster homes and so on until I was 10. And I was in different kinds of homes all the time. I was in. They were always Christian homes, but some of them were Catholic, and some of them were, you know, Baptist, and some of them were Methodist. And um, I didn't really pay too much attention to the religious part of it, though. And, and even in my teaching, it hasn't been focused on religion. It's, it's much more focused on, on consciousness and, and love and kindness. 
what was the awakening moment for you that you realized that there was more to, quote, religion, more to um, life than what appeared to be? Probably the most important moment of my life occurred when I was 34 years old, um, just a few years before I met you. Um, I went to my father's grave. I was sent there by a series of just mystical kinds of things that just could never have happened. You could never intellectually explain how I got to my father's grave because this was a man I grew up hating. Mm -hmm. I mean, bitterly hating. My two brothers didn't care, but I was uh, angry at him all the time and uh, I would have bad dreams about him. I'd wake up punching him and I'd have, uh, uh, I'd be in a cold sweat and so on. And I ended up at his, at his grave in 1974. The story's too long to tell. I've written about it in, mm -hmm. in, in many of my books but, uh, and told the story. But uh, I stood at my father's grave uh, August the 27th, 1974, just before I wrote Your Erroneous Sounds. And my life was out of control at that time. I was overweight. I was in a bad relationships. I was, I was heading for death, really. I was eating terribly. Um, and I, my writing wasn't going well. N nothing much was working. And I stood at my father's grave, uh, and I just, I, I, I went to walk, I, I went to my father's grave to do something on his grave that I wouldn't even want to talk about here. Mm. And uh, just as I was leaving the, uh, the gravesite, I, uh, I was called back, almost like mystically, and uh, I just said, from this moment on, I, I send you love, I forgive, I, I forgive you. Who am I to judge you and tell you mm. what, what your life should have been? And, but you went there to do the opposite. I went there because I was—I just wanted to have closure. I wanted—I I really always just wanted to meet this man, and mm -hmm. I, I didn't find—I didn't even know he had been dead. And it, he'd been dead ten years before I even found out that he had been dead. So that was a major turning point in my life. When and you could feel the love. Yeah. 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 When and actually when I, forgive. Yeah, that's there's that wonderful line that Mark Twain says that forgiveness is the fragrance that the violet sheds on the heel that has crushed it. You know, and it's uh, this this beautiful idea of being able to send love regardless of what comes, what Say comes your way. Forgiveness is the fragrance that the violet sheds. On the heel that is crushed. On the heel that is crushed. You know about that. Yeah. I mean, you, uh, That's you, beautiful. You've had to do some of that yourself, I know. Yes, we all, if you live long enough, you do. Yeah, and there's this old idea that if you pursue revenge, you know, you better dig two graves because it'll kill you. you it'll know, kill it's, you. Yeah, it's, it'll kill you. It's, Holding it's anger right. for someone else is, is like t taking your own poison. Right. And I often feel, Oprah, that he, uh, maybe he incarnated into this life just to teach his youngest son, who he never met and he walked away from, how to forgive. And because of that, I've been able to affect the lives of millions, millions of people, millions of people all over, all over the, all over the planet and on all different languages. And, and for me, it just, uh, after I walked away from that gravesite in August of 74, I, I, I was teaching at St. John's University. I was a professor up there. I rented what a- What were you uh, teaching? I was teaching uh, counseling psychology mm -hmm. um, in, to graduate students. Um, I rented, a, I, I, I flew down to Fort Lauderdale, Florida, uh, rented an apartment in, a, in the Spindrift Motel, mm -hmm. and I wrote your erroneous zones in 14 days. Wow. Cover to cover, without any notes, without any, you know, without any struggle. I had been struggling with my writing, I'd been writing textbooks. And today that book is like 60 million copies, 47 languages all over the world. I mean, it was just a, my, everything in my life turned around when I got the rage, the hatred, the anger out of my heart. And today I write about and live something called divine love, a mm -hmm. kind of love that, is, that never varies, a love that never changes, a love that you have for everything, for this mountain, for these trucks, for these people, for these lights, for these clouds, 
it's like you just that kind of love. That's the love I'm working on and, and living every day. Well, when you first came on the Oprah Winfrey show, one of the things you said was that we all have the power of God literally inside of us. And you've taken that a step further mm. in Wishes Fulfilled. Right. And I loved on, I think it was page 31, where you talked about the spark of God, that mm. you say there's a spark in each of us. And you right. speak in this book really about taking that spark and literally expanding that spark so that it right. becomes as large or right. as you want it to. Yeah. The, 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 Peter Dunoff, this great teacher from Bulgaria, mm -hmm. a great spiritual master, great teacher, said that, um, you know, that, that there's a, uh, a, the creator places a spark of himself in every, every creation, every yes. flower, every tree, every animal, and in every single one of us. And that spark is, uh, for most people, is just kept as a spark. So occasionally they will have a divine moment yeah. or they'll, they'll, they'll have an extension of love and so on. Because everybody then, who's watching us right now or listening to us right now has had just a moment, hopefully, in your life where everything seemed to be really right. okay. Mm, right. You ever had, you have, oh, yes. I'm sure you have yes. those all the time. I do, but just, then you lose it. And yeah. then you lose yeah. it. You know, I mean, I've had them where you're like pouring a cup of coffee, you're right. standing at the sink or you're in your closet, and when you just like, oh, gosh, I am okay. Yeah. Everything is okay. Mm. And I'm really not just happy, but content and right. at one with everything. Mm. Everybody's, I think, yeah. had a hint of that, right. but can't hold on to it. What you're saying in Wishes Fulfilled is that you can hold on to it. Yeah, and you can expand that spark. That spark. And that you can expand yeah, the spark. It, it, the spark doesn't. Have, the spark is like a dot in your humanity. Let's say, let's say I weigh 200 pounds. You know, it's a tenth of an ounce. This little spark. It should grow to a chunk, to a piece, to to it gets as big as a soccer ball inside of you. So that what all you have to give away is love. That you become this. Uh, until you get to the point, I call that the higher self. So you had me in the spark of God mm -hmm, in you. Right. You had me when you were describing, if you mm -hmm. will, for our audience now, the cup of the ocean in relation right. to the ocean. Right. Want to talk about that? Well, if, if, if it's just a good metaphor. The ocean is um, is God. Let's say it's like it's, and you take a cup and you reach it into the ocean. You say, what do I have here? Yes. What I have here is is a glass of God. It's not as big, it's not as strong, but right. it is still altogether God. This whole thing is altogether. That's now, right. If you, if you take a cup yeah, of ocean right. water from right. the ocean, it still it's has the ocean. Now, if I take it over here and I pour it over here and I watch it, what will happen is it will evaporate, uh -huh. change form, uh -huh. and where will it go? Out into the yeah. air, where there are the clouds. And, and, and then back to its source. It right. will return to its source. Right. While it is separated from its source, that's the ego. That's the part of us that believes that we are who, what we do, what we have, what other people think of us. We believe we're the vapor, we believe we're the cloud. Right, we're, we, we don't believe know. all of that, yes. all of the stuff, that, what Muktananda called the false self. Yes. The part of us that comes to believe that who you are is what you accumulate, what you accomplish, what your reputation is. You're separate from everyone else. And when you stay separate from God, you lose the power of God. Mm -hmm. When you return to the source and become one with it, you gain all of the power of the source. Let's say you're sitting here and you're 58 years old. Yes. Okay. Let's say I am. I, I know because you are. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and so now. How, you make 71 look so good. <laughs> I don't mind 58. <laughs> Thank it's great. You. 
How many bodies have you been in just since you incarnated in 1954, you know, in Mississippi? How many bodies? You were in one this big? Okay, I did love that. I love that yeah. in the book, too. Yeah. I, I underline that. That's so, one of the things I underline. And you were in a 10-year-old body, and I... No, no, start with the... T you said okay. you were in the baby you, you body. You were in a baby body. Yes. And then you were in a little toddler, toddler body, body. And then in a pr little preteen body, you yes. know? It's like, and then you were in a teenage body. And you were in a 20-year-old body. You have pictures to prove it. Yes. But where is I, I was in a 20 year old body beautiful one I had curly hair I was you know it was like, yes. I was cute okay where is there's not one cell left of that body that I was in when I was 20 years old and I really believe that that's who I was at the time I do right? find that fascinating okay I'm gonna so, give you that okay <laughs> I'm giving you that I did okay. find that so, fascinating yeah. so who I am is that which just keeps occupying new bodies it's you talk about it all the time. It's your soul. Yes. And the, but the soul is the part of us that is infinite. Yes. It's not finite. If yes. it was finite, it would end someplace and it would begin someplace. But it's not. You can't touch the soul. You can't get a hold of it. Actually, so when I read that sentence in, uh, in, in, in your new book, Wishes Fulfilled, it's really early on. It's like in one of the early pages about the bodies and the bodies mm. and how you left the bodies. I felt great. I just got a real sense of comfort from that mm. because I actually sensed for the first time, oh, you're just going to move out of this body mm -hmm. and move on to whatever exactly. that next plane mm -hmm. is. Yeah, yes. Right. Is that how you see death? Yeah. Absolutely. Yes. I mean, I don't even think there is such a thing as death. I think it's all an illusion. You you're know, just going to drop this body. You just, you just take off an old shoe. Yeah. 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 So that who we are is the part of us that is infinite, the part of us that never stops. And, and it, that isn't like, this isn't just my thoughts about it. I, you know, I can't identify with this body. The body I'm in right now, I think is me. I think it's real. I think, but tomorrow it'll be in a, it'll be a different body and another. So it's learning to focus on the inner instead of the outer. All of our sense of what reality is is based upon our, our sense, our senses, what our eyes and ears tell us, what the internet tells us, whatever. We think that that's what's real. But all of that, everything that materializes, dematerializes. So let's talk about the manifestation of your wishes, being mm -hmm. able to create using that spark. Right. Because I'm going to just be the spark right. and grow okay. the spark. That's okay. right. <laughs> just let me be there, Wayne. I will. I love you, no matter. You spark or whatever. <laughs> okay. Let me be just a spark. And right. then how do I then begin to make that spark? Because that was my prayer for myself mm. for my 58th birthday as right. I sat here in Maui mm. with my girlfriends. And my prayer is to be in the space mm. of God right. and have the space of God live and breathe through me as I live and breathe right. through it. And to be in actually what, what I, what the thread that I get through all of wishes fulfilled is that everything that you say, the word alignment is used right. almost in every sentence. Staying connected to your source. Because it's right. about, about being in alignment staying with, with that. the ocean, always yes. staying with it, not taking the ego, which is separate. So your question is, how do you go about doing it? It was Einstein's question when they would ask him about quantum physics. Yes. His response was always, I just, it's all details. Yes. I just want to learn to think like God thinks. So how does God think? You know, and it's like the, the great teacher Vivekananda, who was Paramahansa Yogananda's great teacher, who yes. came over here early part of the 20th century, and his devotees would ask him this question, you know, how do I do this? Yes. He said, in the springtime, go out and observe the blossoms on the fruit trees. He said, the blossoms vanish of themselves as the fruit grows. Mm -hmm. So too will the lower self, false self, the ego, yes. vanish 
as the divine grows within you. Wow. So it's like all you have to do is begin to think like God thinks. Now, how does God think? Let his mind be also in you. That's what Jesus said. Exactly. Right. Let exactly. his mind be yeah. also in you. Right. Yes. Yeah. So it's like God doesn't, doesn't, doesn't want anything, doesn't take anything, doesn't demand anything. It doesn't get petty. You know, I, I love to quote the poets. I write poetry myself. And mm -hmm. Hafiz, the great, uh, I love Hafiz. The great Hafiz, you know, he said, even after all this time, the sun never says to the earth, you owe me. Just think what a love like that can do. It lights up the whole world. That's how That's you do good. it. It just lights up the whole. All you have to do is give and practice this divine love. This I just had a thought. Your new love in your life. Must yes, really, sitting right over there. Must <laughs> hi. Must really love you because do you quote poetry all the time? Too? I write her poetry. You yeah. write her poetry. I wrote her. Oh, yeah, I write her poetry. that's yes. what every woman yeah. wants: is a man who can write it and then talk it. Yes, yes. And yes. more importantly, yeah. live it. Yes, and oh. she does as well. We practice this thing. I mentioned Peter Dunoff, and you look like you're not quite sure of who that yeah. name is. Albert Einstein once said that the whole, at the height of his popularity in the 40s and 50s, he said. The whole world bows before me. He said, I bow before Peter Dunoff. And Peter Dunoff was someone who was teaching divine love in Bulgaria. He was born in 1864, died mm -hmm. when I was four years old in 1944. And he said there are three kinds of love. He said there's human love, there's spiritual love, and there's divine love. He said human love varies and changes. You know, so you love somebody one day and right. not the next, and it's varying and so on. Spiritual love never changes, but it varies. It'll vary in degree and yes. so on. Divine love never changes, never varies. It's all I have to give away. It's just, and that's, and you do that not, to, and this is what Jesus was teaching us. It's about loving your enemies and mm -hmm. not hating and not, you know, even in the Tao, we did a whole interview years yes. ago on the Tao, and in the Tao it says that every victory in war should be celebrated by mourning because it shows that we are still operating at these low levels of, you know, who we are is separate from each other. In the second and third chapters of the book, you talk about higher self and being able to tap into that in a way that you ask, I love this, that whenever you're in any given situation, you ask yourself, are you operating from your lower self, your right. ego, which is edging God right. out, right. or are you operating from your higher, right. higher self? Right. The lower self is always the self that says, I, you know, what's in it for me? I want more. It's the mantra, the internal mantra is more, more, more. I'm not getting enough. What, what can I have? The mantra of the higher self says, how may I serve? How may, how I, may serve? I serve? How may I serve? And it's, it's really or about... how can I be used? Yeah, That's it's, my question. It's, it's really about how... When we were on the way over here, I was telling Mira and three of my children who are also sitting over there, that one of the reasons that you're one of the most admired people alive uh, is because you have lived this divine love kind of approach. I mean, you, your life is about giving. This is what I aspire to, the, mm -hmm. uh, just, just being able to give. I mean, starting up schools and doing... For me, it's like... And if you're not kind and loving to uh, the cameraman and to the people who clean your toilets when you're staying yeah. in a hotel... That's how you tell how people to, are. Yeah, That's how you absolutely. Tell. Just like taking time mm -hmm. to, to, to everyone. It's love for everyone. Guess what? Well, you can't guess. I just came back from India. I know you did with my friend Deepak Chopra. Deepak. Yeah, he called me just before we left. Really? Yeah, and yeah. I will tell you, I don't know why this happened to me in India and it didn't happen to me driving down the Chicago Avenue, but everywhere I turned in India, I swear I saw myself. Mm. I saw myself in the guy 
on an ox yeah. cart. I saw myself at the woman on the side of the road. You're asking how that happens? This is what happens. How, what, yeah. how, what was that? This is exactly what it happens because you begin to realize that all of us are connected. You know, at the highest place, we all came from the same source, we all return to the same source. We're just, all of us are just nothing but individualized expressions of this oneness of God. That's what we all are, you know. And, and until once we get that, you know, the Native, but have you ever had that experience before? That was kind of weird. I see I myself. Like, I see myself not only in that. This yeah. happened to me. I just had this amazing experience with John of God and this yeah. healing from this leukemia. Wayne Dyer is referring to the controversial Brazilian healer known as John of God. Over the past four decades, John of God says he's treated millions of people with no medical training and little formal education. John of God performs physical surgeries seemingly without anesthesia or sterilization. John of God says he is a vessel rather than a healer and that entities, the spirits of deceased doctors, surgeons, and saints work through him. He and his followers claim the entities have cured people of cancer, helped the blind to see, and the paralyzed to walk again. Many of John of God's healings, however, do not involve any physical contact. You were sick. I was diagnosed with leukemia. You won't say you were sick. I I believed I was then. I am perfect health. Okay. I am well. I am perfect health. So I you say were diagnosed with leukemia. I was diagnosed with with the chronic lymphocytic leukemia. Wow. And um, I uh, for 11 months I believed it, and I lived in fear. Uh, not fear like I'm going to die and poor me and all of that kind of thing. Just sort of a subconscious feeling about oh my God, how, how did this happen? And I had this experience with John of God, who's down in, you did a whole show. With John of God, with John who's of a God. healer right. in Brazil, who right. is a farmer who does this for no money, and, and yeah. I'm going to go see for myself. Cause You're going to Abidjania? Yes, I am. I, yeah. So let's, let's finish the story, though. Yeah. So uh, I, uh, I had a friend from Bulgaria. Uh, her name is Raina uh, Piskova. She's a medical doctor in, uh, in California, an eye, an eye surgeon. And she flew down there. She wanted me to go with her because she found out I had leukemia. You, you had heard of John of God. I had heard of John of God, mm -hmm. but I, I didn't know that much about him, mm -hmm. you know, and, and I was on the fence about it because there's so many people who... Are charlatans. Uh, yeah. But anyway, she got down there and she uh, called me and uh, she said, um, uh, take a picture of all dressed in white. When you go down there, you only dress in white. Everything yes. is in white. And uh, take a picture from the front, from the back, from the side, from the side, and send it down. We did that. She emailed him down there. She took the pictures to John of God. Uh, she said, would you do surgery? She said, he said to her, I can't because he's not taking these herbs, these special herbs that you take. So she FedExed. I mean, God bless her. I mean, she went, in, went to a FedEx office from down in, in Brazil, near Brazilia. Um, got these things FedExed up to me on a, on a Tuesday. The herbs. Uh, the herbs. I took the herbs uh, and the special water. Uh, and did all of the things that I was supposed to do and we took the pictures again and she said your surgery will be uh, it was on my mother's 95th birthday so that's why I remember it so so much April 21st and um, so I had the surgery um, I, I didn't feel anything I went to bed I drank the water I did everything that I was supposed to do uh, I woke up the next morning and she called me from Brazil. She what do you said, mean you had the surgery? I don't know, Oprah. I just had the surgery. What do you I can't... mean you had the surgery? <laughs> just, He's in Brazil I and know. you were, were you I, here I, in Maui? I, I was in Maui, yeah, different time zones. I know, I was as skeptical as uh, as anybody could be about this, you know. 
and someone stay said, with me, people, because this is as woo woo as it I is know how I know how this sounds. It, it, it sounds is like yeah. woo. It sounds crazy. <laughs> so anyway, uh, Raina, Raina uh, Piskova calls me from uh, down in Abidjania. Okay. She had the surgery. I had the surgery. Now the surgery. This is a guy who can do surgery to a thousand people in a room at the same time. This is not. He he is not somebody who does the surgery. Okay, he doesn't, he doesn't remember any of it that he does. You can watch him do it. He goes, he gets into this thing and he, uh, he picks up these instruments. And you can actually see pictures of the entities that enter his body as he, as he does this. I know, when you're going down there, you'll see. I'm going down. Uh, you did a whole show on it. I, I mean, did, but somebody, every time I've heard about him or talked about mm -hmm. him or even written about him in the magazine, it has been through somebody else's right, eyes. Right. And I keep hearing well, these stories and hearing I had a direct stories. experience, a direct experience. So, I, so anyway, so I went to bed. I didn't feel anything. Nothing changed. It this was is like, after you've taken the I, herbs. I, I took the herbs. She said you'll wake up the next at seven o'clock. She told me what time the surgery was at seven o'clock. She said you'll get up at eight o'clock, and then you'll drink some of the water, the blessed water, and you'll go right back to bed for 24 hours. Let's get to the surgery part. Okay, the so, surgery is just—it's a remote surgery. I mean, it, it was 12,000 miles from where I was, so it's—you um, know—I don't—I don't know what happened. These are entities. They don't have any form. They're just uh, these spirits that that enter his body. It's been going on for 40 years okay, to 25 so million people. Okay, so tell me this. Does he tell you a certain time to lay down, a certain way yeah. to lay down? No, just go to bed, wear white, just wear everything is white, well, drink the water, uh -huh. take the herbs, yeah. and uh, and don't have sex, and don't, uh, don't eat spicy food, uh, and don't eat pork. Um, but basically, that's that's it, okay? So... I did everything. I went to bed. I, you know, I got up. Were you skeptical as I am right now? Yes. Because this sounds yes. crazy. I know. I know. It was. But, but that's because we have been conditioned to believe that, yes. that, uh, that, that you know, there's a... This is my limited self-talking. Okay. But here's a, here's a line from, from Jesus, you know, with God, yes. all, all things, things are possible. possible. Now, what does that leave out? That leaves out nothing. Okay, that leaves out nothing. So it doesn't leave out this either. It leaves okay. out nothing. That's okay. what all things mean. If he meant that. some things are possible and some things aren't, he would have said that, you know, but he didn't. He said all but things are possible. But this does sound crazy even to you, I know. doesn't it? It's a, yeah, it did. It did. Okay, it okay. did. Okay, but so I had leukemia. It. Okay, and, uh, so when you, you have know, leukemia. My white blood count was going up and uh, I had cancer in my blood and I was, you know, so. Yes. So uh, Rhina called me and she said, go, go right back to bed. I said, I can't go back to bed. I just slept for eight hours. She said, you've had surgery. It's no different than having your gallbladder removed or something. She said, you've got to go right back How to bed. How did you feel when you woke up? I felt fine. I didn't feel any different, honestly. And I said to my kids, I'm going for a walk. <laughs> you know, it's like I, I, I walk about an hour and a half every day. I kind of brisk yes. walk and all of this. And then I got about 100 yards away and I collapsed. I mean, I couldn't get up. I was, I was basically helpless, and I had to, I had to almost crawl back into the apartment I, to get on the elevator. I was out of breath. I just like, and I said to, I said to my daughter and my son, both of whom were there at the time that this happened, and they said, uh, <laughs> um, I said, I've just got to go back to bed. I said, I just feel so weak. I don't know what has happened. I have no idea, and I went back to bed until eight o'clock the next morning. <laughs> Wow. 24 hours. I slept. I got up twice to go to the bathroom and to have a little bit of a soup, and I went back to bed. Now, that's not the weird part. <laughs> oh, that wasn't the weird <laughs> no, part. No, that wasn't the weird part. <laughs> well, do, do tell the weird part. Well, the weird part is a week, you know, so a week oh, went God. by, 
and I was getting, I was getting, you know, weaker, and just, you know, and I kept thinking, aren't I going to be able to exercise anymore? I can't swim anymore. I, just, I would look at the ocean. Now I swim every day, long distances. I, I couldn't even imagine getting to the beach. It looked so far away, and, and like such a, you know, I would need help with it. Like I was like almost like a cripple. Um, <clears throat> so they said, on the following Thursday, on the 28th, <laughs> the sutures will be removed. <laughs> and sutures? I said, I've got news for you. I don't have any sutures. <laughs> and she said, that's what it's called. You, and I, now, when you have leukemia, they don't have sutures. It's in right. the blood. You know, right. it's like you right. do, you know, bone marrow things, but you don't. And they said, you'll go back. And this is where the most important thing that you will do. You take the herbs until the week and you'll go to bed at 10 o'clock at night on the 28th of April. Yeah. Uh, a week later, uh -huh. seven days later. And when you wake up at seven o'clock in the morning, um, you will um, have had the sutures removed and you'll be on your way to the healing. And th these are the kind of things that you have now, to do. Now, what are you thinking when you're hearing this? Are you thinking what I'm thinking right now? <laughs> yeah. Kukamata. No, not Kukamata. Not Kukamata. No, because I'm, I'm at the pay, I'm a little older than you, Oprah. Okay. And I, I'm, at, like, I'm open to everything. And I, I really believe that with I'm God, open, all but it possible. sounds, the, the sutures part yeah. sounds a little. I know, it did. It did to me too. And there are no sutures. So, but that's just what they call. What happens when these entities re-enter your body and and do whatever it is that they well, do? So you're just going along with it, and you're saying along. whatever. I have leukemia, right. so if it works, it works. I went to bed. I got up the next morning. Yeah. I walked out. My daughter looked at my eyes. She said, "What happened to your eye?" I said, "She said your eye's been scraped. Your right, right eye. There was all kinds of like goopy stuff in in my right eye. Like someone had actually gone in, and, which you'll see when you go down there. That's what they do. They do this kind of scraping of the eye." And my son looked at me, he said, what were you doing back in their bedroom there? He said, you don't have any pupils. Were you doing drugs back there? What's I said, no, I just, I just got up. I said, but I have never felt, I've never felt so loving in my life before. I said, and I looked at my daughter, I said, you just look so beautiful. I put my arms around her. I said to my son, oh my God, I just love you so much. Everything changed, Oprah. He took whatever they did in that, in the, that night when they were in that room, changing my life around. They took the fear out. Everything that is fear cannot be love. Everything that is love cannot be fear. And my birthday, my 71st birthday was just a few days later. I was in San Francisco. And all I wanted to, was the most memorable birthday I've ever had. I had a big wad of $50 bills mm -hmm. uh, that I went downstairs at the bank and got. And all I did all day long was go to homeless people all over uh, Union Square right there in downtown San Francisco and talk to people who were taking, you know, plastic bottles out of rubbish and, and so on and talking, telling them their name, putting my arm around them and putting $50 in their hands or $100 in their hand. And I did it all day long until 4 o'clock the afternoon. I gave away several thousand dollars and I walked back into my bedroom and I just, I cried. I mean, I just, it was, I was sobbing. What happened to you? What was that? What do you, how now? They did... put divine love into me. Somehow I was, I just feel like I've been in this kind of training since I was a young boy to learn what it is to really live divine love. And it's every, everything that has happened in my life. Mira, this woman who came into my life shortly after that, we just have had this most loving, divine, you know, amazing experiences as, as two people never ever felt like at 71 it's just it's just the most beautiful experience i've never had anything but not just there everywhere i go everyone that i see it's like i put my arms around people now i send people love i i, I call people who are in hospitals i go visit them i i give i'm giving everything that i have away um it's just 
It's just been such a dramatic experience. Wayne Dyer's latest book, his 37th, is called Wishes Fulfilled. It's all about the art of manifestation, using your imagination to help make your future dream a present fact. Wayne believes your greatest power resides in the way you use two simple words, I am, instead of saying things like, I am sad, I am sick, or I am unlovable, Wayne suggests to focus on what you wish to be true by saying things like, I am happiness, I am health, I am love. It's a technique he believes has helped him immensely with his leukemia. Tell me this, when did you know the leukemia was gone? You know, I was still writing Wishes Fulfilled at that time. Yes. And I began to, to listen to the reading that I was doing on it, on the I Am Discourses. And, and, and what it said in there is always use the two, the name I Am is the name of God. It's the yes. name that God said that to I Moses, am. I am that, that I, I am. am. And he said, and that shall be and my name yes. for all future generations. So that's my name. So every time you use the name I Am, you're really using the name of God. So if you say, I am weak, you know, and in the book, again, of the Bible, into the book of Joel, it says, let the weak man say, I am strong. So you, you have to call things that do not exist as if they did. That's, again, that's out of the book of Job. So you, you have to get yourself to a place where you're willing to say, I am perfect health, I am well. I now start all of my lectures with, I am well, I am, per I am perfect health. And I don't go back and check my, my white blood counts. I you don't... say this on page 174, mm -hmm. I've not partaken of new blood tests and medical evaluations because I trust in what I experience to such a degree that I need no external validation to assure me that these mysterious mystical events took place. I was there for the surgery and I was there for the suture removal. I need say nothing more. Right. And so you now don't do the blood test. I don't do the blood tests. I don't. My on, the oncologist that I was working with agrees with me. He said, just just go by how you. Because what you don't want is to be indoctrinated by somebody else's idea of what your health is. That, that that's one of the most important things. Is like the 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 wishes fulfilled foundations that that this book is based upon are place into your imagination. Self-actualized people. I learned from Abraham Maslow when I was a young doctoral student. You never put into your imagination anything that you do not want to materialize into your life. So you don't put into the, your imagination something like, I am poor, I am depressed. You know, because when Moses was speaking to God, God didn't say, my name is, I hope things work out. You know, <laughs> or my name is maybe. He, he said, said, I am, I am that. that I am. Meaning, I am that, and I am that, and I am everything. Okay. Mastering the art of manifestation. Right. How is that different from the law of attraction it's very very different tell me yeah um the, the law of attraction and i'm not and i'm not here to put down the law of attraction i think it's i think what the, that i work think the that law of attraction done. and the secret open people up to right. a new way of thinking absolutely it had its flaws because right. it uh, allowed some people to think that all you had to do is think about a bicycle yeah. and there it would show right. up yeah. and the key word that you use in here over and over and over again in every chapter is that in order to attract or manifest anything, you have to be in alignment with your source, with your, with source. your source, with God. With you have God. to be. Just, yeah, it's about you have alignment. to stay connected to the ocean. That's right. Because you, have to stay you can't just yeah. sit around and wishing yeah. for stuff. Or so the basic thing that Neville taught me, and a lot of this is from the teachings of Neville, mm -hmm. uh, Neville Goddard, who died in the 1970s. He's, he he basically said that um, all of us have within us this amazing capacity to manifest and attract anything that we want into our life. So how we call it, what, what words that we use, we have to be able to say, um, you know, in the secret they say, you, you get what you want. 
you know, and what is missing. And what Neville said and what, uh, what has come to me and what I got from the I Am Discourses and what I get from the New Testament, which I read before I did this, is that you, you say, I will attract into my life what I am, not what I want. And I am capable of attracting all things that, that, that the source is, is capable of attracting. So that's the difference. It's like you get what you are rather than what you want. So you want to become. You can't go around and ask these divine beings, you know, angels, whatever you want to call them. Who are to, right here all the time. Always. You right can't, here, you can't right here, ask right them here. to help me out. You have to, you have to become like they are. That when, you're, when you become angelic, when you become a divine being yourself, when you are giving, when you are serving, when you are in that place, they will come to you. That's what happened to you in India. Mm -hmm. You then begin to see yourself in everything. You know, it's because like, it is our goal to reflect the character right. of God. That's right. what we're here exactly. to do, is to emulate that. And that's what the Tao Te Ching teaches as well. Yes. They call it your original nature. Your original nature is reverence for all of life, gentleness, kindness and service towards others. That's Lao Tzu 500 years before the birth of Christ saying that's our original nature. Yes. Reverence for all of life, gentleness, kindness, service towards others, giving, offering, serving. And when you get to that place where you no longer have any judgment within you towards any of God's children, that means no condemnation, no criticism, no judgment towards anyone, even the Osama bin Laden. But how even... can we be that since we're here, but we're living, we're on earth, we got problems, yeah, we but... got our issues, we and, have stuff going on. And if enough of us get this message, Oprah, yes. if enough of us get on, that's just what my mission is, is just to teach people that you are love. You are divine. Mm -hmm. Put that into your imagination. I am, I am well. I am happy. I am content. I am fulfilled. Even if your senses tell you that you're depressed. One of your people that called me when we did a pre-interview on mm -hmm. here said, well, if, I, if I'm feeling depressed, I'm supposed to fool myself and say I am feeling well even you if I'm depressed? You can't choose another thought. That's yeah, what I've learned. Absolutely. And it's like you, you don't say I am depressed because if you say I am depressed, you connect with depression and the universal source, God, whatever you want to call it, will align in such a way to offer you whatever it is. More depression. Put, yeah, here's some more depression. I am unhappy. I am depressed. I am. So by placing into your imagination what you want and assuming the feeling of that wish is already fulfilled you go through your life feeling that when enough of us do that we will we will transform this planet I'm telling you it, it can be done we're you doing know? it right now absolutely us sitting here right here together it's all part of this perfection does wishes fulfill work for stuff for things yeah. I want a new house I want a car I want a boyfriend I want a husband I want the love of my mm. life I want to be happy does it work for that not if you say it that way okay not if you say I want to be because saying I want to be it means I already am not it what I'm asking you to say is to put into your imagination what it is that you intend to manifest and act as if it already, already were, were, were happening as yeah. it says in the Bible you know it's like call and he calls those things which do not exist as though they did as though they did. That's what you have to do. So don't allow anything in your imagination or your consciousness mm. that you really don't want. That's what self-actualizing people, they never do that. One of my favorite poets was William Blake. You know, you've heard this, I'm sure. To see the world yeah. in a grain of sand. In a grain of sand. And a heaven in a wild flower. Yes. To hold eternity in your palm of your hand and infinity in an hour, we are all led to believe a lie when we see with, not through the eye, which was born in a night to perish in a night.
while the soul slept in beams of light. You know, the soul. That's who we are. And the soul is infinite, so all it wants to do is expand. It doesn't want to be fenced in. It can't stand it when somebody tries to control it or tell it what to do or how it should be. What you're saying is, is that we have the ability. Oh, a little wind kicking up here. It's perfect. It's all perfect. <laughs> I love it. You know why? Because now we look like we have a wind machine yeah, and a fog machine. Right. <laughs> it all just happened naturally. It doesn't bother me at all. I haven't even noticed it. <laughs> you say, page 73, most common misuse of imagination is stressing what you don't want for yourself. This is the largest category of misusing. Highly functioning, self-actualized people simply never imagine what it is that they don't wish to have as their reality. That's hard because so many people live in the I don't haves and but I wish see, I had. But see, but as soon as you say it's hard, then then I'm so then unlucky you, then, things don't work out for then me. Then your subconscious mind says, oh, so you want hard Rise things? Into that. You know, th so this is difficult. It's not hard. It's not hard to say I am content, I am kind, I am happy, I am fulfilled, I am healthy, I am wealthy. I am in a divine relationship, and you just keep saying it, and then you feel it, and you go around feeling it. You don't have to, I understand you got a new iPad. Yes. I love my iPad. I, I just got one. My kids got yes. me one. Are we supposed to love things? No. <laughs> okay, but, but this iPad knows everything. This so iPad knows everything. You can, you can ask any question. But the best thing about the iPad yes. is there's a little feature called trash. I don't know if you've come to this yet. No. Oh, yeah, trash is great. So that anybody that says, sends you something that you don't want to hear, like, a leukemia cannot be healed, it's incurable, you're going to die from this, all of that. You just go, psh, trash, and you can watch it. It goes, whoop, goes Oh, over yeah, here. the trash yeah. can. Yeah. And the little <laughs> and lid comes up. Little, yeah, that's right, and you gone. get the delete. And it's gone. We need one of these in life, you know. Yes, every yes, time yes. somebody says, you can't do this, it's impossible, you know. It's like our subconscious mind has been programmed since we were little boys and little girls. Let me tell you, I was 18 years old. I was in the United States Navy for four years. I was a radioman. I learned Morse code. When I was 18 years old, I learned Morse code. I can't get it out of my subconscious mind. I mean, if you want the alphabet, it's da 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 all things are possible means all things are possible. This, this guy didn't know, didn't say it, you know, in a, in a way that wasn't clear. All things are possible. You know, when I first read that Jesus said, um, greater things than these that I have done, you can right. do. I was thinking, was he talking about me or was yeah. he talking to somebody else? Mm. Was he just talking to that little group? Yeah. But when you think about Jesus and his ability to n understand the future and knowing what we couldn't see, mm. what the average man right. couldn't see, knowing the greater possibilities that we would have mm. with technology, yeah. with our iPads, right. our ability to... When you think it. of him yeah. teaching, having to go on foot, walking through right. Galilee, mm. and now what you have access yeah. through to Absolutely. technology. You know, yeah. when I finished reading Wishes Fulfilled, I thought that in summary, what you really were saying, and this is my quest for myself mm. and for you know, my next chapter in life is to move closer to home, move closer to God, mm. to live a more self-actualized right. life. Um, but what you really are saying in this book is get yourself right with God. Mm. Are you not saying that? I am. I'm saying, you're saying stay, stay, stay connected and recognize. Get connected to yeah, that. And recognize that when you're connected to the ocean, you have all the power of the ocean. 
Yes. You know? It's like it's only when you separate yourself from the ocean that you wither away, change form, and return to your source, which is what all of us are doing. We're going to change form and return to our source. It's just a great metaphor. So it's, it's really understanding that, that the highest self, the highest place within you is this divinity that is not just a spark. There's a great teacher in India, his name was Patanjali, and it goes way back 2,300 years ago. He said, when you are steadfast, steadfast means you never slip, okay? When you're steadfast in your abstention of thoughts of harm directed towards yourself and others, that all living creatures will cease to feel fear in your presence. That's Christ consciousness. That's Buddha awareness. You know, Say it that's, again. When you are steadfast, when you are steadfast mm -hmm. in your abstention of thoughts of harm yes. directed towards yourself and, and others, yes. that all living creatures will cease to feel fear in your presence. That's what St. Francis was. I mean, that's yes. like the animals will just, yeah. the birds will land on you. And so there are some people who walk into a room and the, everybody in the room just feels better. You've been yes. around people like that. Yes. Uh, yes. You've had people on your show that are like yes. that, you know? I just, when I was in India, was in the presence of a yogi who was teaching me yoga. And I've had other people teach me yoga. Mm. And I always thought, oh, it's more about the instructor and I can't make that pose. I walked into that space and I suddenly felt loved. And so I went, whoa, there's something to mm. this India stuff. Yeah, yeah right. there's something oh, to it. Yes. That the calm, there was right. a calming presence mm. with this person that made My me My teachers feel. have all come from that place. Nisargadatta Maharaj, who wrote I Am That, mm -hmm. one of his great covers. And, it, and it's just really, it's, he's called the, the teacher of the I Ams. I've been calling him my teacher. I've never even met the man. He died in the 1980s. I was just like a devotee of his. I was reading everything and involved with his teachings in India. And, um, and all he was teaching us is that you just have an I am presence, but you have to honor that. You have to, you, you have to, you have to pay homage to it. You have to be in a state of gratitude for it. You've used many quotes here. Do you have a favorite? Yeah, my favorite quote is, uh, is from um, Pierre Tellyard of Chardin, the great Fr French priest. And basically he said, uh, we are not here as human beings having a spiritual experience. It's, it's the other way around, that we're all infinite spiritual beings having a temporary human experience and just find that place within you. What is the soul? The soul is the birthless, deathless, changeless part of us, the part of us that looks out from behind our eyes and has no form. Are we in the soul or is the soul in us? The soul is infinite, so there's, uh, there's no in or out of it. It is everywhere. There's no place that it is not. What is your definition of God? God is the highest place within each and every one of us. It's our divine self. What do you think will happen when we die? I don't think we die. I think our bodies leave, but we can never die. That which is never born can never die. That which never changes can never die. What do you know for sure? I love you, for sure. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you, my love. Thank you. So good to see you. Thank you. Yeah. It's a wish fulfilled to be about, sitting with you. You were about 24 years old, I think, 22 years when I, I was 22. 22 years old. That's yeah. a long That's time. So beautiful, yeah. It's a long time. Yeah, we used to have so much fun doing those. We shows. still are. Yeah, I know. Hey there, podcast listeners. I have exciting news. We're launching a brand new podcast in addition to Super Soul Conversations. It's called Oprah's Masterclass. The Masterclass podcast allows you to hear the greatest life lessons from some of the most respected and renowned actors, musicians, public figures, and athletes in their own words. Listen as Jay-Z, 
Justin Timberlake, Ellen DeGeneres, Shaquille O'Neal, Reba McIntyre, Dwayne Johnson, and Jane Fonda, just to name a few, share what they've learned about life and their own insights into their personal stories and challenges. I believe that there's something to be learned from every experience, and everyone can use their life as a class. Oprah's Masterclass podcast will be available July 19th on Apple Podcasts. Subscribe now and listen free. Go to applepodcast.com slash Oprah's Masterclass. I'm Oprah Winfrey, and you've been listening to Super Soul Conversations, the podcast. You can follow Super Soul on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. If you haven't yet, go to Apple Podcasts and subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. Join me next week for another Super Soul Conversation. Thank you for listening.